Hello, friends. Welcome to Mr. Rewatch, the Mr. Rod Recap Podcast, brought to you by a former stand-up comedian and a currently depressive hacker. I'm Aaron. I'm Devlin. We are here recording one in a series of bonus episodes, actually, um, looking at some of the side projects of the people who are involved in Mr. Robot. Although because the show is currently on hiatus, I guess we could consider these their main projects, perhaps. I guess like their on-again, off-again projects. We had previously done that one episode on Homecoming, which was um, directed, I think, by um, Sam Esmail, who makes Mr. Robot. And while he was working on that, it seems like Remy Malek had um, taken the opportunity to star in Bohemian Rhapsody. So I will admit to you that I saw this movie some time ago, and... You made fun of me for my notebook use in the past, but I did not have my notebook, and so my this will be a loosely organized collection of my thoughts about this movie. Uh, I think Remy Malek is the highlight of this film. That seems pretty consistent with what um, critics have thought of this movie. I just saw a headline that was, I think it said, Bohemian Rhapsody will rock you, comma, eventually. <laughs> Because the beginning of it is uh, kind of lackluster, maybe. I think, too, you can also tell that uh, the surviving members of Queen uh, certainly, I think, I don't know if it's fair to say they elevated their own roles or they kind of make themselves seem a little more um, magnanimous and (laughs) generous of spirit in the story than Freddie Mercury, who is not there to speak for himself. But there's a lot of attention on the sort of awkward early days. I will say I think the prosthetic teeth piece is a little more awkward than it needs to be. (laughs) I also found the wigs to kind of ruin my immersion. Oh, some of them are a little awkward. Although if you look at photos of the actual band members, so this is going to be extra awkward because I wasn't particularly a fan of Queen and knew nothing about them and still know very little. Um, But actually the likenesses are pretty decent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was just a weird time. It was. I must say, I love the wardrobe, though. I think whoever oh, yeah. did that, I'd wear those clothes now. I, I love them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't know if they were actual replicas of famous outfits. Again, because someone more knowledgeable will know that. But I really think, like all of those jackets, someone should reintroduce that as a line of clothing. They're amazing. My favorite part of the movie is how many cats are in it. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just thought it was cool. I didn't know Freddie Mercury had so many cats. <laughs> he has a song about his cat. So, yeah, apparently Delilah, his favorite cat. I forget what album it's on. The third album? I was advised of this. Um, But, uh, yeah, apparently it's a lovely ballad for his most favorite. Although I feel like in a way it's tacky to admit you have a favorite while they're still alive. Um, I think um, one of the... I think there's been a fair amount of criticism of this movie. Um, I think one of the critiques is that... Uh, For a biopic, they've taken some liberties, especially with the timeline of the story. So apparently, uh, Mercury was not aware that he had HIV prior to the Live Aid performance. And so they've restructured that for dramatic effect. And part of me wondered, why would you change something so easily fact-checked? Yeah. There's no suspension of disbelief unless you, like me, know nothing about this man. Like, It's pretty It's very bizarre. It's pretty hard to take creative license in a nonfiction biopic. 
I thought so, but they did it anyway, except weirdly the Live Aid performance at the end. That is a shot for shot, absolute remake. Did you see the original? No, but you can watch it on YouTube, apparently. Yes. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah, I wasn't asking if you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, but not exactly. I was alive. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I am old. Um, so it's funny where they took liberties and where they didn't take liberties, I think. And some of the critique of the movie is that uh, his diagnosis is presented as sort of a penalty for his queerness. So I think there's there's a number of articles that sort of look at that and how they deal with the issue of his illness. And um, during the course of the film, I don't really take conscious effort. Like, I think that what you were saying, it's kind of like aware as a subtext, but they don't take conscious effort to connect those two things, like um, his disease and his bisexuality. But that was something that was obviously a very important part of, um, like, his own history because he was one of the first people who was actually, like, um, publicly, like, out in that regard. I was trying to decide if the writer was straight. (laughs) That was kind of my hunch about the film itself was that, like, these things aren't kind of consciously connected in the telling because why would that writer connect them? Do you ever feel like the people who like Queen the most are also like the most straight, not toxically masculine people a lot of the time? <laughs> totally. Like, have you ever been at a sports? Sorry. You've never been at a sports <laughs> event. But I'll speak for myself. I've never been at a sports event where they didn't play We Will Rock You. Yeah, exactly. Or where they didn't play We Are the Champions. So I'd imagine if that like one of those people were to make a biopic, it might have ended up something like this. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's almost a little bit like against me in a way where it's like, a huge queer fan base and then also a huge jock fan base. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Um, you were saying something that apparently one of the facts on Freddie Mercury's Wikipedia page is one of the most debated items on Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's like a Wikipedia page that has the Hall of Fame of like the most frivolous edit wars where people get in debates over the content of different Wikipedia pages. And I'm um, not qualified. I'm not even going to try and attempt to phrase any of things in these things in an eloquent way but there is debate over um freddie mercury's ethnicity and people kind of like are taking that to some very fiery debate in the um wikipedia talk page it's funny because i was trying to decide if it would be a war where everybody's trying to claim him or where people are trying to disavow him <laughs> I, I don't know which direction they're going but both. yeah i mean that i see the controversy um I admit I was so ignorant of Queen. I didn't know they were a British uh, band. Is that is that bad? Either. Do people do people know this stuff? <laughs> people in the room are just no. I have, no one knows. Who cares? No. <laughs> I, I honestly like never really liked Queen, so I wouldn't have known that if I didn't. Um, if Remy Malik wasn't in this, me either. I think actually the movie made me like them more. So what I heard is apparently that's Malik's own voice blended with Mercury's voice singing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's real effortful. Um, and his performance, I mean, Mercury was, I mean, highly charismatic, huge energy. And I think, like, we're used to Remy Malik as, like, Elliot Alderson or Flip McVicker and Bojack Horseman. Like, all these low-energy, sad roles. And a role I didn't even know he had played, what was, this was uncovered by producer Dave. Producer Dave, what did you learn about Remy Malik? Rami Malek was an Egyptian vampire in the Twilight series. Um, I think he comes up in the second movie. 
I feel like a vampire is a real perfect character for him. Um, but also, I think some of the most frivolous criticism of this movie was that in the casting, they were whitewashing Mercury when Rami Malek himself <laughs> is not white. So I don't know what's going on there. There was a similar controversy where he was portraying an Egyptian person and he is himself Egyptian. Egyptian? Yeah. And I'm not talking about that Twilight thing. That was something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So if you uh, if you have an urge to watch the Twilight movies, uh, keep an eye out for, <laughs> for him. But I think uh, what I liked here is I think it showed some of his range. I, I think the performance is, is really extraordinary and quite different than anything he'd done. And I felt like maybe... I liked I like Don't Stop Me Now. That's a that's a good one, that song. Actually I follow this uh Astro Poets Twitter account at Astro Poets and that's the song that Capricorns would be. So Wow. Yeah, that's me. That's, that's perfect me. for you actually. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what yours is. We should look it up. Everyone should look it up. We'll post it on the Twitter account. <laughs> um so I think it's um I mean, I don't know. Would you watch this movie again? Probably not, but it was a good experience. <laughs> I have to say, so we all know I don't watch movies. So I actually watched three movies in 2018 and uh, I used one of them up on this. So, but I mean, I have to say for like a rock biopic, you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I think you have to sort of watch it with that you know, with like a bit of a critical filter, but uh, I don't know. I must yeah, I don't really Me either. <laughs> Are we? Have we exhausted our extensive critique of Bohemian Rhapsody? The movie ends kind of abruptly after that performance. Yeah, it truly. And part of me thought, did they make this whole movie just to do that scene? Yeah. Is all that all they really wanted to do? Yep. And also, so I also don't understand maybe as a storytelling feature doing a hyper-realistic remake of something that you can access the video for so easily. Again, this is like toying with the storyline. Like, why would you reenact something that you could so easily just see the original? I don't really get it. One thing about that reenactment, um, I don't know if this would have caught your eye when you were watching it, but at the beginning of that scene, there's like... um a drone shot that comes down from the beginning of the stadium all the way down onto the um the stage where Malik is playing the piano and that's supposed to be one of like um the longest tallest drone shots that i think have happened in a film yet so that's kind of cool but um yeah like you're saying you can also just watch the actual thing as it happens <laughs> i was saying i was hoping this movie would repopularize three things so they were uh singing harmony and rock songs uh adopting lots of cats and also those jeans that Freddie Mercury wore at Live Aid. I just I think those were a gift to men's fashion, and uh, I hope to see more of them. Can you describe those? Yeah, they're uh, they're acid washed and they're like high waisted and they're just super tight. I don't think I could pull them off, but I think a lot of people should try. <laughs> um, I think uh, it's worth for people who are fans. You can read a lot of good articles um, critiquing this movie, uh, and people have you know already said some more articulate and eloquent things that I'm going to say about it but you know for like a fun piece of entertainment not bad so we're lucky enough to be joined by a special guest uh Canadian comedian Brandon Ash Mohammed is here with us today what's up we just learned that we're both Capricorns didn't we yes I'm so excited I'm January 6th I'm December 30th 
Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, we're only yeah. a week apart. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Exciting. Riveting. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone find out what Freddie Mercury's sign is. I bet he's a Leo. I don't know what he. Seems like a Virgo. Yeah. That's why. You're like, everyone important is a Virgo. Just kidding. That's a Capricorn thing to say. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so you also, you said you saw Bohemian Rhapsody twice. I did. So what made you see it the second well, time? what happened was is I saw it one time because I had time to kill before show and I had like finished this like class or whatever. So then I only watched like half of it. And then I had to leave for my show. And then I was like, I need to finish this movie. So then I saw it a second time. And uh, what did you think of it? I liked the movie. I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was nice to see a QPLC like, perspective in film, especially in rock, like that era of rock where it was just very like white and like straight. And yeah. Well, so I, I kind of want to run to that a little what? bit because yeah. I think some of the, um, some of the critique... Yeah around the movie is that it's uh, it's by erasure or that his queerness isn't really represented well, it's also like, fully. Also, like, his ethnicity was very much, like, he was white passing, so he was able to achieve a certain level of success he wouldn't have been able to achieve if he had been, like... Not white passing? Yeah, not white passing. Yeah. Like, no one... I didn't even know he was... Yeah, I didn't even know he was um, Indian until, like, a couple years ago, my friend brought it up and she was like, did you know he was Indian? And I looked it up and I was like, what? I admit, I didn't know either. Yeah, but that was like a huge thing in the movie where he changed his name from like, what was it? Like Fred, I can't remember. But a definitely not yeah. white passing yeah. name like either. Freddie Mercury is pretty, is pretty like, well, it's just a stage name. That's like a, it's a very grand stage name, but. I like how audacious it is. Yeah. Right? Mercury? Yeah. Like, Mercury. Pretty good. He's like, because I'm going to the stars or something like that. And I was just like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> I did think it's interesting. And because I think he, even though if you look at that kind of masculine rock in the uh -huh. 70s, like, it, you know, I think he's quite, you're yeah. right. It was a very conventional kind of yeah. masculinity. And he just wasn't that. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that he was so like, flamboyant and all this stuff and then all these like just like broy straight dudes like love queen and then have no idea that they're consuming this like secretly queer thing that like makes we've infiltrated not infiltrated intro how do i say it <laughs> infiltrated that's how that's how it's said we infiltrated this is and they don't even know i remember like at camp we were like going on out trip like we we're going camping or whatever and um the counselor was telling us about how like Freddie Mercury was gay. And then this one kid was just like, oh my God, my life doesn't make any sense anymore. And then like, do you know who else was gay? And then he was like, no. They're like, Elton John. He was like, what? <laughs> he just had no idea. About Elton John? Yeah. He had no idea about Elton John. He had no idea about Queen. Next Liberace. Liberace. What? I didn't even know he was gay either. And do you think it was that he was so young, he just didn't have a sense of what queerness was? Well, I just think maybe he didn't... With a kid, I I don't I just don't think I just didn't think he knew because he was like this like broy straight dude, little kid, <laughs> and he was just like yeah Queen rock music yeah. I think maybe that should be a strategy for more things yeah. just secretly like infiltrate like right yeah and then one day just be like and boom they're a feminist yeah <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you know. <laughs> 
But I did think it was different than other rock biopics. It is. Have you seen any other? What other rock biopics have you seen? So you know what's funny? This isn't a rock biopic, but one parallel. I was thinking of. Did you see Straight Outta Compton? I haven't seen Straight Outta Compton. So um, in the movie, so Easy E. Uh-huh. So th- it's like it's the straight HIV AIDS yeah. story. Uh-huh. But one thing I'm really tired of in movies is the way that you learn that someone's sick is they cough into a Kleenex mm-hmm. and there's blood and there's on the blood. Kleenex. No. Have you ever coughed into a Kleenex like in your whole life? Yeah. Do people do that? Yeah. Am I just like a slob? And you're like phlegmy. You don't want to get it. What are you going to get in your hand? You just cough into your hand. You just cough into your hand. No, I, I do what the Dracula cough. You cough into so the crook of your elbow. you into your like elbow pit thingy i guess that's what you're doing that's just what you're doing in these streets <laughs> this is what she's just coughing just coughing into my elbow um but I, I thought that was just an overused yeah, trope no. if i ever see blood in a kleenex though i'm going to be extremely alarmed yeah. the only thing i rock pile pick have you ever seen what's love got to do with it like the tina turner no. story is it worth watching it is very good it's very intense but it's like a very good movie Hmm. Maybe that'll be the movie I watch in 2019. Yeah. Oh, Notorious. I forgot about Notorious. Yeah. I have seen Notorious. I remember watching it in theaters with my friends. And then we're like, we can't believe Biggie was married to Faith Hill. And then people were like looking at us weird. And then we realized that. I like, can't believe that either. Yeah. We, went, we mixed up Faith Hill and Faith Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're like, I can't believe he was married to a country singer. And we just had them, we're just like, oh, look at this love story. Yeah, I know. Did you know that it was um, Biggie's child who played him in the yeah, movie? I know. Can you imagine playing your own, like, deceased father? No. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> well, his son is now, like, a rapper, but his son was just, like, grew up very, like, privileged that, like, his raps are really bad. <laughs> wow. He was on something. I think he was on Howard Stern or something. I don't know. His, or something like that about like they're always they're all about like smoking weed and like if you were imagining this movie what would you have changed about this movie i would have liked to see more of his like heritage and like what he came from and like him growing like i would have liked i didn't like that they started like at 19 like when he was like somewhat of an adult and he was working at heathrow or whatever i would like to see his like childhood and like his family having to like escape from their country and immigrate and stuff like that. I think I would have liked to, because they kind of allude to like, yeah. he's working like a manual labor kind of job uh-huh. and he's trying to make a life for himself in the arts. I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit yeah. of that. Also he too. grew up in like Tanzania I swear, or something like that too. So it's like, we don't get any of that or like, we don't know where the singing is coming from. He just like can already sing like, where did he how did he get into music how did he get how into music how did we music? know we, obviously he could just say he's just like yeah I have extra teeth in my mouth it gives me more of a vocal range but I did like that comeback yeah. I thought that yeah. was you know you were talking about the cats I remember um he gave all of the cats their own room I liked that I like that too that's yeah. my dream yeah. actually for me that I'll just have many many rooms and many cats to yeah. fill them with and yeah. maybe a lady who rejects me, but that I love anyway, who lives across the road. I would like to see more of his like um, interactions with like other people because like I remember I was listening to a Boy George interview and he talked about how all the like 
he talks about how all the gay celebrities in the 80s all like were very close so it was like boy george elton john george michael or whatever and they would all just like talk to the most horrible things about each other in the tabloids and i would love to see like that dynamic between those people you know what this is the other thing that made me think that maybe it was a straight writer is uh-huh. that all of that stuff is very invisible yeah. right uh-huh. and the focus in the movie is there really wasn't enough on the research band. i felt that went into the movie also mike myers was in the movie did, did you like mike myers cameo Who's he mike was myers? he was the um the like what was it the record label owner oh my god and i liked that connection because like queen got introduced like or bohemian rhapsody got introduced to the mainstream through um wayne's world or whatever so i guess that was the connection like we want you in this movie because like you were important that's actually that's very perceptive yeah Yeah, because of course for this generation how do they know queen probably that from wayne's world a lot of that's how a lot of like those bro-y kids like even especially, I think some like of the artsy nerd kids yeah. in the '90s, right, would know it from Wayne's. I think even I saw that. Saw maybe that. I never, I've never seen it. I I just remember there's like a blonde guy and a brunette yeah. guy. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember the Bohemian Rhapsody thing. People would talk about that at school, and I was like, I do have a friend who can perform it very well at karaoke, and I just think that range. I respect that. I get annoyed with people who do Bohemian Rhapsody at karaoke because it's like a 10-minute song. I'm just like, you're monopolizing other people's times. It's true. It's yeah. too long. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you're bogarting that stage uh-huh. time. Yeah. Live Aid. Live Aid? You want to talk about Live Let's Aid? Let's talk about Live Aid. Yeah. What I didn't understand is why they needed to do the aerial shot that with the drone or whatever because they literally had the aerial shot from Live Aid. Why couldn't they just use the aerial shot from Live Aid? Did they do... So that's shot for shot? Yeah. But they have, like, the digitally, like, put in people or whatever. Right. Like, I don't know what they did with the crowd. I don't understand how they did it. I think they just... Because I remember we were talking about in the movie how we could just see that it was, like... They clearly just had, like, a patch of people and they just, like, multiplied them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because I don't... I was saying this. I don't know what the preoccupation was with just remaking a thing that already exists like just to show they could performance thing and like being like oh look at how invested he is into this character but it's also like showing that he can like capture this character like um angela bassett in uh what is it what's love got to do with it like she did a lot of like re shot for shot remakes of like famous tina turner performances and it really helped to get her like show us that she's like fully in the role kind of thing i'm gonna have to watch that again maybe just for the costumes and i guess that was just like an iconic performance like especially from that time with like live aid and all of bob gildas work i was thinking that that is so emblematic of how activism was in the 80s like those live aid style telethon concerts do they know it's christmas which is like the most yes Oh my God, which is imperialist yeah. in every way. Do they know it's Christmas? No, because they don't celebrate Christmas. They don't need to know that it's Christmas. They're actually good without Christmas. Yeah. Been good a long time, like, do actually. They know it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thinking about this, those kids in Africa, do they know? Oh What's my happening God. happening to them? Especially like, though, like pop music yeah. activism. Yeah. Like, do you know the song? And the it was called Band Aid. And I was just like, oh, it's a pun. <laughs> do you know. Um, the war song by culture club no oh so the chorus is war is stupid (laughs) and people are stupid (laughs) 
And I love Culture Club. Don't get me wrong, but that was eighties pop activism. My friend showed me this thing, and it was all the like Scandinavian like rock stars, and they they did a like song, "We Are the World," about like um, the apartheid in South Africa. Oh, and one of the, they're just like Suweta. I'm gonna watch that after. I have to find it. It was so, it's so funny. <laughs> but that's so how it yeah. was. This very outsider view that you should go intervene. <laughs> like, We're gonna help you. We're gonna give you all this money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so that. But you're right. It was an iconic performance. Yeah. And I guess a performance no one expected to happen. Yeah. And so maybe that's why it was significant. I think if no one were watching me, I would psych myself up mm-hmm. to go on stage like he does yeah. that like hopping up and down yeah hopping he's just like oh. yeah do you remember live eights remember when they did it in like 2005 no they had like the enough like a i can't remember what live eight was for though live eight was for live i know what live eight was for but live eights was like the other oh, one. Oh, i don't know and it was just like all these it was like all the all around yeah. it was the same thing yeah and you remember farm aid which is the country oh, music yeah, yeah, america yeah. version was that like willie nelson or it was yeah. yeah 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 i remember i don't remember i just remember i used to watch this show on much music called or much more music called back in and it would like show you like this is what happened in 1983 and then it would show it like so that's why we le- I know about a lot of this stuff. They were protesting that the, the aid was going overseas. And they were like conservative oh, so Farm Aid was the backlash fundraising for people who wanted <laughs> attention paid to American farmers and not the, whoever these overseas people were. <laughs> that sounds that sounds perfectly like exactly like what happened. Like the American farmers were not getting paid that well and they were just that's like true. super and they're still they still are that's why a lot of them use like antibiotics and like growth hormones because i guess yeah it's like certain commodities yeah. are very subsidized uh, and other ones are not but mm-hmm. yeah yeah isn't that interesting huh who would be on your dream fundraiser show dream fundraiser show? yeah yeah like this so many people um latoya jackson janet jackson Reby Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> all the Jacksons. All the Jacksons. All right. All, all yeah. The Jacksons. Fortunately, so many of them are performers. So uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Leona Lewis. You like Leona Lewis? Bleeding Love. Okay. No. Um, Adele. Um, I think Adele would be into it. I think she seems yeah. like a good sport. Prince, if he was alive. Yeah. Um, they need a Prince movie. We need a Prince movie. <gasps> Why don't we have a Prince movie? We need a Prince movie. We should have a Prince yeah, movie. We gotta, we gotta get a Prince movie. Come on. I agree. Have you ever seen the Selena movie? No. With Jennifer Lopez. Should I see very, it? It's a very good movie. Um, Selena should be would be in my thing. Who would be in yours? Oh God, I don't know. My musical taste hasn't progressed much since the eighties. I gotta uh-huh. admit. That's fine. That's so fine. it'd be all these like old sad goths. Like it'd just be uh, the Cure. The Cure. It's too bad Morrissey's lost his shit. Uh-huh. Like not him, maybe. Well, Pat Benatar. Yeah, Pat Benatar. I yeah. think she should probably be in there, you yeah. know? Yeah, she's cool. She's cool. The pretenders if oh, I could get her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But then it would also be Susie like Aesop Rock. <laughs> yeah. Susie and the Ban I think I just I mean, what says let's save the world? <laughs> Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> well, she wrote a song about Pompeii. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cities and Dust, you know that song? Yeah, yeah. actually, I didn't it's know. It's about Pompeii. Huh, that appeals to yeah. me, you know? 
So these would be two very different concerts. We should do a three-day series. Yeah, three day series. Yeah, we'll figure out the third yeah. day later. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. And we'll have it between our two birthdays. Yes. That's right. Between the 30th and... 6th of January. The best time to have anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the dead of winter? Yeah. In the dark? Yeah. It's in the, the cold? There's no other holidays. <laughs> Everybody's... Just waiting for yeah. us to Everybody's just like, give what are we going to do? do? What, what's going to happen? I have nothing to look forward to that week. What am I going to do with myself? Mm-hmm. We'll give them we'll, we'll give them a, yeah. a show, you know? And give them something to talk about. Yeah. Bonnie Riot. Yeah. This is another one of our acts that will be on the show. So, Brandon, if people want to learn more about you and your work and your comedy, where could they find you? They can find me on Facebook at Brandon Ash Muhammad. They can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Barack Obama. Not Barack. It's Barack. Like, spelled like a bear. Like, B-A-R. Obama one. And, um, yeah, they can also check out my comedy. Yeah. Which is on the internets. I'm also on Crave TV now. Um, you can watch me on Crave TV, homegrown comics taping. I'm there. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to keep my Crave subscription yeah. just for that. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you so much for having Now, now I have to do the intro, the outro. Now it sounds fair. Okay. I'm make you wait. No, okay. I okay. Okay. Thank y'all for listening, Mr. Rewatch. It has been recorded in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, what else? I'm Brandon Ash Muhammad. Bonsoir. We're not going to use that. <laughs>